Hello, listeners. This is a tough episode to record because who wants to complain, quote unquote, about their parents, right? The reality is that most of us are annoyed or hurt by our parents more than we're willing to admit. And we're here to tell you that that is okay. It's okay to feel however you're feeling because those feelings are always valid. In in this episode, Milena and I open up about our childhood traumas, which have played such an important role in some of our negative behaviors as adults and how we have learned to navigate them by understanding our parents' past and their traumas in order to forgive them, and most importantly, ourselves. With that said, we hope this episode resonates with you and that you're able to leave with some positive takeaways. So with no further ado, this is episode number seven of Mama Relax, Are Your Parents Driving You Crazy? Let's go. Hola. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm well. Oh, I'm a little like, I'm excited, but a little like, um, you know, this is a difficult topic to talk about because it's so vulnerable. Um, and obviously we're talking about our parents, which hopefully, I mean, these are conversations that I've had with my mom very openly and we've done the work to like heal both myself and herself um so if she listened to it I wouldn't be like oh my god you know but just um it's always uncomfortable you know to talk about your parents uh in a negative light sometimes so (laughs) but I'm excited regardless I'm excited because it's all good things it's all positive things because from the bad we learn so many good things so Exactly. And please don't judge us, you know, if well, if you are a parent and you're listening to this and he's like, oh, my God, everything that goes wrong, these people blame on their parents. You, you know, that's not what we are doing here. What we are doing here is just um, express how we feel uh, about our childhood, things that we carry on with us, you know, in our adulthood Thanks to things that we experienced in our childhood through our parents. And, you know, maybe if you are a parent or you're planning to be a parent, maybe you can do things in a different way so your kids don't have to do with the stuff that you're dealing with right now. Yeah. And like if you are a parent, like learn to be a little bit um, compassionate and kind to yourself, even if you apply and you read all the books, like you apply all the the things that, you know, you're supposed to apply, quote unquote, and read all the books, know that there's everybody's experiences are different. There is some trauma for all of us, whether we have perfect lives on paper or not. So, you know, it's not everything is like the parents fault. I feel like, you know, your parents have their own trauma as well. So like coming from a place of more compassion and love and understanding is the the better approach and not thinking like, oh, well, if I do all of these things, my kid is going to be perfect and never be damaged because that's not a real, that's not a realistic expectation. Yep. And then another thing that is important to mention that I didn't realize until I was in like my mid twenties is that I didn't think about my parents as humans, you know, (laughs) Yeah. I, I really didn't. I, I, you know, when let's say my mom would come out with a quote and like, what do you mean my mom is sick? Like that's, that's like moms don't get sick. You know, I didn't think about my parents as a, as human beings. They were like an alien that just, you know, were everything, they were strong and perfect. And, you know, I could not question them and things like that. And then in my mid twenties, I'm like, hold on a second here. Like they're humans, just like me. They have fears. They don't have things figured out, just like I don't. They, you know, have dreams and expectations and maybe they feel loved or maybe they don't, just like I do. And I feel that once you have this understanding that your parents are human, just like you, and they have their frustrations, their dramas, their traumas, their happiness, their dreams unfulfilled, you know, just like any other human being, you see them with more forgiveness and compassion. And again, I didn't have the realization until way later on, I think. And I don't know if that's the same way for everybody, but that was how it happened for me. I think that's common. I feel like it's very common to like 
you know, not appreciate, but kind of like understand finally, like, okay, well, your parents are just like you, they have, they're struggling much as you, because now you're going through those struggles and you're like, well, I'm an adult. So they, they probably are the same. They're going through the same and add a layer of having kids and, you know, mortgage and all that stuff that comes with lovely adulthood. Um, you do, you get a better understanding of them and their situation. Um, and it does help you to see them in a different light, which is, which is magical every, every step of the way. Right. Yep. And yeah. I mean, family is a very important thing. Um, you know, through your family, you, you, you get your sense of self through your family. You understand boundaries, limits, love, you know, you understand connection, like family, it's what gives you a little experience of what the world is going to look like. So, you know, you have to sometimes rebellious against your parents and not agree with them just so you can create that sense of self, like you bounce back from your parents. You know, I had friends that their parents never, ever would say no to them. And they would literally let their kids do whatever they wanted and that was never, ever the case in my house. But, you know, I had friends that grew up like that. And I could see their craving for limits. I could see the, their craving for, like, I need a boundary. Like, they wanted to listen no. Because no is also, like, I love you. Like, I love you. That's why you're not going to do this. Exactly. Because I wanted to be, like, a decent human being, not a spoiled breath. Like, that's why the answer is no. The end. And, like, you know, in my house was way more no than yes. So I was like, you know, and the other thing that it's funny, it's I feel that you think everybody grow up the way that you do. So when I would go to friend's house and their parents, their family dynamic was completely different than mine. I would be like so in awe to just observe their family, their, their family dynamic, because, again, everybody's different. But as a kid, you don't know that. And then when you go to people's houses and their family dynamics are very different, it's it's like a completely different world. Absolutely. And, you know, I feel like a lot, again, like I think we mentioned this on, on another episode um, where we say like, we think of traumas and we think of traumas in like a, an exaggerated way, like, you know, rape or, you know, your father left you or you grew up in a foster home. Um, those are very extreme forms of traumas, but there's trauma um, in the simple day-to-day -day things. For example, my mom was a very controlling mom um, in the sense of like, for example, I, she would be like, oh, Nat, can you go clean that counter or clean those dishes? And like, I would, it would be literally two minutes that she was hovering over and telling me how wrong I was doing the dishes or I was cleaning that table. Um, and that ref that's reflected and that's a sort of trauma. Like now as an adult, you know, I'm afraid of doing things wrong. I want to do them perfectly because I feel that I'm do I don't have the power. I don't know how to figure out ways to do things on my own, my own way, you know? So I've had to like work towards that, you know, for example, as an adult, cooking for me was embarrassing. I wouldn't even want to like anybody that was near me, like when I had to move in with a roommate or, you know, when I had my first, when I had to live with the first man in my life, I didn't want to cook because I was so embarrassed. You know, you would think that's something so stupid. And so many people are so creative and they're not afraid of um, messing up their meal. I was horrified, horrified that it literally just paralyzed me to do those things. Um, and it wasn't because if it wasn't because, you know, I have so much information available to me to read on these things and these traumas and and what's causing me to do these have these behaviors that I've been able to kind of like fix that little by little. But it comes from little things like that. You know, and it's not like to say that my mom was doing it because she hates me or doesn't believe in me. It's just that that was probably the way that she was brought up so that's the only way she knew how to do it and or like she wanted me to do it the best way she thought it was done you know exactly and then again think about your parents as human beings which when we are little we don't so the way that they are raising you is the only way that they know how to and maybe it's because they are doing something that is exactly how their parents did it to them or their version of what is better than their parents did but maybe for you as a child, it is not good at all. You know, like they are not being a shitty parent or not the best parent because they don't want to. It's just they're really trying to be the best that they can. The same way that you were trying to be the best kid, the best daughter, the best, the better son that you can be. But, 
you know, you, you only know what you know right now. And it's funny because yeah, my mom, my mom was, I feel that maybe that's a Latin mom thing, but you know, Latin women are very strong and controlling and they know better. And, you know, uh, it's their way or the highway most of the time. And so my mother was very like, I guess the helicopter parent that they would like, you know, people would call, but my mom was always like on top of us. And we have, we had a very restricted schedule. Like I never chose anything for myself, you know, like she chose all my extra curricular activities. She, you know, I like, she would choose everything for me. So like, that was my biggest thing is like, because she always chose everything for me. I, when I moved to United States and I was, you know, a young adult and I then had to make choices for myself. I did not know how, and it sounds so dumb, but like, I couldn't choose in between a yellow or a blue shirt when I was, you know, going to go buy something. I I just didn't know. Like I had such a hard time making choices, like looking at the menu and, and choosing food. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like I had such a hard time making choices and it's so paralyzing because life is choices. Like, you know, you choose to go from your house to your job. That is like 10 different ways that you can do that. And if you have a hard time making choices, like right there, you're already stuck. Like every single thing for me, I was, I was stuck. Everything for me would take forever because I would sit and contemplate. Should I choose this? Should I choose that? Should I do this? Should I do that? And it's so paralyzing and it was so difficult and same thing with cooking you know like I grew up watching my mother my grandmother and my other grandmother cooking and like my mom's mom was very nice she you know allowed me to cook with her and have a good time but my mother and my other my dad's mom they were very like controlling over their kitchen like most enlightened women are including myself on that And so like, they didn't allow me to cook and do things. So again, when I moved by myself, I burned so much stuff. I burned food to the point that I had to throw the pot away because it was like unfixable, uncleanable. Like you just couldn't do nothing with that. It was like charcoal. (laughs) I'm not joking. Like I burned so much food trying to learn how to do things because I had the visual of them doing it, but because I didn't do myself, like I burned so much food and, you know, because I am very stubborn. And if I decided I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. I decided that I was going to be able to cook and I was going to be great at it. And I'm really good right now, but I'm telling you, it was a process. And this thing about choosing was so hard and debilitating. And it's, you know, like I couldn't choose a, a career path. I couldn't choose a job. I couldn't choose. It was just crazy. Yeah. No, and I feel that it's because, you know, it helps that you moved to the U S by yourself. I, my family yeah. was here and I had to like literally push myself, make myself move to a complete isolated city where I had no friends, no family near me. No, I like, obviously I was like 20, Four, so like I didn't have much money so but I put myself in that situation on purpose because I was so desperate to just figure out things on my own because I always had you know my mom to fa- fall back on like I love that until this day of course I can fall back on my mom I always know that's my safety net but I don't ever want that to be my norm you know so I feel like being left being alone figuring it out it's the best way to go, you know? So it's good that you have yes, experience too. Yes. And it's funny because, okay, the way that, the reason why my mom was so on top of me and my brother so, so much, um, it's because she grew up very much alone. So, you know, she was the oldest daughter and she took care of her sister who was seven years younger than her. So let's say my mom was 14 and her sister was seven and my mom was like the woman of the house because my grandmother and my grandfather would go out to work every day so my mom was literally by herself all the time and you know she would have to clean the house and she would have to cook food for everybody she was like the woman of the house at a very 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 young age and so I feel that because she felt so lonely so much she never wanted for me and my brother to feel the way so that's why when she had kids she chose 
not work because she didn't want us to be alone like she was because she know how much that sucked. And then she she made the mistake on the other end, you know, not the mistake, but like through because of her love and didn't want us to suck her, she didn't allow us to feel the pain that she did, but we felt a different kind of pain of like not have any freedom, which she had it too much of it. So there will never be perfect scenarios here, you know, like, and I, it's, it's good that your parents are causing these problems through their love and not through their sickness or hate towards their children, which that's a completely different chapter that I don't have enough knowledge to talk about it. But, you know, if your parents make the mistake because they just love you too much, forgive them and like actually ask them questions. I feel that a lot of us don't know the story behind our parents and just ask them like, hey, how how was your life when you were seven years old? Like, how was your family dynamic? Ask them. I feel that when you talk to your parents about their childhood, you're going to have so many answers on why they are the way that they are. And once you understand, you are going to forgive them and let go of anger or, you know, feelings that are not healthy for your relationship with your parent. Absolutely. And it kind of makes your healing process also easier because like if you're not taking things personal and you know where the the root of the of the problem is with them, you know that that's something that they need to work on, that it was never about you per se doing something wrong. So that's just like, you know, you're seeing your parents with compassion when in those moments when you feel like, oh, they're annoying you. It's life changing for you, mostly, you know. Exactly. And now. You know, when I go home and my mom does things that really bothers me or annoys me, you know, I just take a deep breath and I think to my, you know, I think to myself, I'm here on vacation. I'm here with my family for the limited amount of time, whatever it's annoying me, you know, nothing is forever. It's going to pass and it's okay. I'm going to enjoy and I'm going to look at the positive stuff. You know, like my mom is cooking me at home made meal, you know, like don't focus on the negative, you know, your parents maybe are overindulging themselves in caring for you so much that you get like suffocated, which I mean, what an amazing problem to have, right? How many people do you know that don't have good parents that care for them? Like I have friends that have parents that don't give a shit about them. And like, that is so heartbreaking. So, you know, forgive your parents, you know, they are really trying the best that that they can. Nobody makes mistakes on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. But touching on that, that you just mentioned, like, yeah, it's a, it's a good problem, quote unquote, to have, but that doesn't mean that because, you know, you have parents that care about you and somebody else doesn't have good parents doesn't mean that your feelings or that your trauma is any less important like for example my mom was one to always discount my feelings like for example if I said oh I I feel sad or I feel scared or whatever she'd be like why are you sad like you have everything I didn't have all these things you know um yeah but that doesn't mean that because you didn't have everything it doesn't mean that I can't be sad in this particular moment in my life just because you know I have a better nicer house and I live in the states instead of you know in Venezuela somewhere, you know, on mud or whatever her situation was, you know. Um, So I think that that's super important because I just feel that, you know, she was telling me like, you shouldn't feel that way, but she would still pass on her fears onto me. For example, we went to Tulum this past September um, and we had this activity where you have to like jump from a cliff and I'm ter- again, I'm terrified of heights. I couldn't do it. You know, I, I'm so terrified of heights that I went up the stairs and I was shaking and crying the whole time. I couldn't get off the, the cliff. My mom, um, she's also very fearful, but she was able to do it. She grabbed onto the guy and she wanted to teach me, you know, she kind of wanted to like, give me that courage of like, look, I'm doing it. Like you, you should do it but it just wasn't the right approach. Like she would be like, don't be scared. I did it. You should do it. And it's like, no, my level of scared is so much deeper than your level of scared. So discounting my feelings is not helping the situation, you know, just saying like, oh, you're so like, oh, you're so dumb. You shouldn't, you shouldn't feel so scared. It's not the what the way to go. Or for example, we then went on like a, a canoe ride and she's telling me, you know, we're canoeing 
and she's terrified the whole the whole ride there she's like where are you going why are you going that way why are you going this way and that's without her knowing she's passed on those fears onto me you know um because I was also scared of going on the water like it's little things like that that it just like comparing yourself to other people that have had it worse does not mean that your feelings are less important or less valuable because you're in a better situation that somebody that grew up in, I don't know, a less, less country, a country that's, you know, poorer or that didn't grow up with parents. I think that that's something that we miss along the way and creates those traumas. And now we have a society full of anxiety and panic attacks and things that you're, and you're constantly telling yourself, well, I should, I should be grateful for everything I have. Why I shouldn't feel this way. And it's because you're not doing the work. You're not digging deep and you're not realizing that the little things that seem insignificant are actually affecting you in a much deeper level as an adult. Yeah. You shouldn't have never been a competition in like my pain is deeper than yours. So I have the right to suffer more than you. Like right. you shouldn't be like that. Um, yeah. I I completely understand. Yeah, I feel like I grew up like that. Like, oh, well, I shouldn't feel a certain way because, you know, there's hungry kids in Africa. It's like, okay, I know, but I can't see them. This is I this is my reality. My reality is not I don't live in Africa and I don't I'm not hungry every day. I have other issues. And that is as important as those kids that are hungry in Africa. I'm not saying don't be grateful, 100% be grateful for everything you have. I feel like doing, feeling grateful every day is so important and it will change your life, will flip your life upside down, but don't, don't beat yourself up for feeling a certain way and then being like, well, my life is perfect. I shouldn't feel this way. No, feel your feelings, acknowledge them, be kind to yourself so that you can stop feeling that way down the road. And don't exactly. feel shame. Yeah, don't feel shame because oh my, I've had such an easy life. I shouldn't feel a certain way. Don't feel shame for that. And that comes from, again, from parent figures. Like I said, my mom would remind us of that all the time. Like, well, you shouldn't feel sad, or you shouldn't feel this way, or why are you feeling that way? You know, like instead of being like, okay, why are you feeling sad? Talk to me. Let's let's fix it. Let's see how you can feel better. You know, it was always that like comparison and she's gotten much better throughout the years thankfully (laughs) we have a completely different relationship but I think it's it's important to always acknowledge your feelings and know that they are important no matter your situation exactly so in whichever way your parents might drive you crazy like things that you can do not to pull your hair out or you know destroy the relationship with your family I feel that it's like, you know, first of all, take deep breaths. You know, if you, especially if you do not live with your parents, which that would make the situation way easier, um, you know, take deep breaths, think about, you know, ask them questions about their lives, try to understand where they come from. So maybe you can be like, oh, okay, that makes sense why my mom acts like this or why my dad acts like that because, you know, their house was completely different and he grew up in a completely different way and that's what made him him. So, you know, maybe ask questions, take a deep breath, forgive and forget, you know, maybe if having a conversation about acts creates tension in between you and your family member, maybe don't. I mean, you're not a therapist, you know, like you can, you can really change that person. All you can do is change yourself. You can, you have control over your actions and reactions. You don't have control over the actions and reactions of your of your parent. So, you know, trying to change your parent and trying to make your father or your mother see things through your eyes, it's never going to happen because they're not you and they could never see anything through your eyes. So again, just let go. You're not a therapist. You're not going to change anybody. You're not going to make that person see things through your reality because their reality is completely different. So again, if there is a subject that is too delicate, Maybe, you know, suggest your family member to go to a therapist and work that out. But don't be you, the therapist, because that's not really going to take you further. And I think, you know, try to do fun activities with your parents. You know, again, like we we spoke about that in our last episode, you know, fun, free things to do or cheap things to do, like go on a hike with your parents, get your parents out of their comfort zone. I mean, I know my parents are like such creatures of habits 
they have such a hard time getting out of their comfort zone. So, you know, take my parents to a hike or take my parents to a place they, they, that they have never been before. Get them into a museum, you know, anything. It would make them so happy to just do something different. We forget that our parents are people, but but they really are. And sometimes they're so caught up, like my parents, into, you know, money, money, money. We need to save. We need to save. We need to save. So take them to do something that they can see. Oh, my God, this was free and it was so much fun. Why can't we do this more often when our kid's not here? Yeah. And also, like, I um, something that you touched on was, like, you know, your, your parents always being, like, money, money, worried about money, money, money. That also translates to our relationship with money as we grow older, you know? Like, we... Are, we see money limited. I, I definitely found that for myself, you know, like where I, I would literally go to a store, get clothes, be in line, and then feel guilty and leave them there. Because I felt like I needed to save the money I had. And that's oh my God. not good. <laughs> that is not good. Yeah, it's so funny how you, you know, you complain about your parents and then out of sudden you see you acting just like your mom or your dad or whatever. Like I did that all the time. You know, my mom always gave, she's a very giving person and she always bought stuff for everybody, but she rarely bought stuff for herself. I am 100% like that, like 100%. And that's something that like, it's good that you realize it and that you Mm -hmm. are aware of it so that you can change it because that it's great to give things to others. I am all about that, but you should be able to gift yourself things and feel okay with that and not feel guilt, you know, and you should be able to gift yourself something before you give somebody else something. That's a hundred percent. Like, because you can't, you can't give without from an empty cup, you know, and if you're not taking care of yourself before others, you're that's, you're not doing anybody a good service. Fact. And, you know, like the way that my mom is so protective of her kitchen I feel that I am the same way so you know a way that I have been working on that is that you know watching somebody or like you know my significant other when he's cooking or doing something in the kitchen like that gives me anxiety so I just completely remove myself out of the kitchen or the living room that I can see the kitchen so you know, he can do whatever he needs in the kitchen and I'm not going to be like breathing on his neck asking, what are you doing? What, why are you doing this way? Ta-da-da, like be my mom. Like, so yeah. I, I, I go take a shower, I go do whatever. So I am not being hurt and I'm like working, you know, on myself through those experiences. And I feel that we should always be working on ourselves. And if we realize that we are doing something that we don't want to be doing, what a wonderful opportunity to change ourselves and not the other person. This would be a wonderful Yeah, like I could take this opportunity of like, okay, this person is in the kitchen and I'm a control freak about my kitchen. And I can be like, why are you doing this? Don't put things that way, blah, blah, blah. You know, I could be going crazy on this poor guy in the kitchen. And instead of, you know, trying to change him, his actions and his reactions which I have no control of, I'm going to work on myself and understand why him being in the kitchen is freaking me out. So I'm going to remove myself from that situation and I'm going to work on me and, you know, allow myself to stop being so controlling. And I have been doing that and it has been very much life-changing actually, because that's like transferring to other places in my life that I have like, you know, the sense that I need to have control of. And it's like, why, why do I need to control this? Like, why? Like the world has been going around for like billions of years without me in it. Like what difference am I making here? I'm, I'm just one grain of sand in this universe. So, you know, let and you're go. Creating, and you're creating more stress for yourself. Like I'm the same way. So I yes. completely understand that, but being like mindful of that and actually knowing that, you know, I am controlling and I like things a certain way or whatever, and kind of stopping myself and taking a step back and being like, my way is not always the fucking right way. What makes me think that the other person, my partner, my friends or whatever are doing things the wrong way. They're doing it the way that they think it's right for them. And that is okay. Exactly. But it's so humbling to come to that conclusion it's just it is it takes a lot to come to this conclusion that somebody else's way might be better than yours you know like your ego is just screaming out loud in your ear making you deaf from you know your way is better and like realize that like no maybe actually this person's way is 
better. Yeah. It's, it's a very humbling experience. And again, you know, if your parents used to do things in a certain way and you catch yourself doing the things that you used to criticize on your parents, instead of, you know, blaming your parents for making you the, you the way that you are, just work on yourself. Work on yourself. Because now you're an adult and you have 100% control over your life. Like, you know, your parents are not telling you what to do anymore. Like, you have 100% control of your life. So stop blaming your parents for things that are not their fault anymore at all. You know, like, take charge of your life and forgive, forgive. You know, Buddha has this beautiful uh, saying that hating uh, hating is like eating a charcoal, like a hot charcoal, and expect the other person to get burned or, yeah. you know, drink poison and expect the other person to to get sick and that's exactly what you're doing with your hate with you like not forgive that's what you're doing you're drinking the poison expecting the other person to get sick like don't do yourself. yes yeah but one other thing that my mom like that I felt my mom did a lot was like she would compare us a lot like she would compare my sister and I and I mean you know how that is like you can't compare two sisters like that's not good and for some reason my sister and I and again she didn't do it in a place of like bad it was more like you know she would compare for example I was always very good at school and my sister wasn't that great um but my sister's more creative you know she's more of a creative person so my sister I was more of a academic my sister wasn't but my sister was a lot more girly and I wasn't so she would use that like almost like against us but not really she just was like you know oh like your sister is you know doing great in school or she would tell me like oh Priscilla like wears a skirt why don't you wear a skirt and things like that like that eventually it hurt us um as an as adults thankfully we never used that against each other I think like my sister and I have always had like a very bonding experience like we're, we're really close um and we never felt hate towards one another um but that kind of like gets in your head I remember not wanting to be around my family because I would always be criticized or compared to other people, you know, like criticized of like, oh, why did you do your hair like that? Or, oh, why don't you put a little makeup on? Or why don't, you know, and it's like, that's just not who I am. But for so many years, especially in Miami, you know how Miami is, Mile. Like, you know, you have to be a certain kind of, you have to have like a certain type of like look to fit in. And I felt like I never fit in. And then you add a layer of my, you know, very Hispanic Venezuelan family. I mean, for God's sakes, we, we win the Miss Universe for like ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like you grow up yep. in modeling school. Like that's how, you know, and I felt so out of place and it took a lot for me to like understand that that was just their insecurities and the way that they were projecting onto me um, as an adult. I, I knew that that what, was what it was. And it came from a place of love, but also a place of like insecurity on their end. Um, and it had nothing to do with me. And I'm completely okay just being myself and if I want to wear sweatpants you know to Christmas where there's three other people I should be able to do that and not feel like I have to dress up to the nines exactly and it's just so important that you mentioned that you know the way that someone treats you has nothing to do with you it's 100% them it's a reflection of them and again as a child you don't see that but as an adult, you do have the possibility of, you know, making that statement. Okay, like the way that this person is treating me has nothing to do with me, has 100% to do with their insecurities. Maybe they don't feel that they can keep their husband if they don't look good. Maybe they feel that they are not a good woman if they don't look good. You know, whatever they are coming from. But if you don't have those insecurities and they are trying to shove them down your throat, that really sucks. Yeah, like... Especially like one thing I've learned as an adult too is never take advice from people that are not doing what you're doing. Take advice from people that have actually achieved the things that you want to achieve. I feel like a lot of people, especially people that are close to us, you know, want to tell us how to live our life, but they don't have, they don't even have like the best life to take advice from, but they're so quick to judge you and tell you how you should be doing it. Because again, their fear, their insecurity, they're just like transmitting all of that onto you. 
Exactly. And a sense of control gives person gives someone security. So if somebody feels insecure about their lives or they feel lost, they're the first one to have like this desperate need for control. Because if they don't have a control over their personal life, they're going to try to have control over their job or over their children or over their significant other or over something. Because feel that you have sense of control over something brings security to a person. So Again, like the way that somebody treats you, it has nothing to do with you. It's a hundred percent on them. And I mean, thank God you didn't, you know, hate your sister because that's what happened to me. My mom has always made a huge difference in between me and my brother. Um, and I feel that that's again, like the Latin woman, you know, they treat men different. So my brother is younger than me and he's a guy. So right there, you like, you know, mother's and I'm just talking through my experiences. So like, you know, all the women in my family treat men differently. Like they don't have arms to pick up their own food. They don't have legs to walk and get things done. You know, like the women are very like, you go and you figured it out, but I'm going to be over your shoulder watching exactly what you were doing and telling you how wrong you're doing. But the men, they go and they do everything for them. So, you know, growing up, my mom always made a huge difference between me and my brother. Um, and that created animosity between me and him. Like I didn't like my brother for the longest time. And it was because I was jealous, but as a little kid, you don't, you don't understand those feelings. So you just, you know, act on them. But I remember my mom, you know, if I come home from school and I'm like, Oh, I'm hungry. My mom say, Oh, we have this and this and this done. And then my brother, like five minutes later, will be like, oh, I'm hungry. She's like, oh, I can make you this. I can make you that. Or we can order pizza. Or we can, like, what do you want? I can make it for you. And I'm like, okay, so I just asked this five minutes ago. And all those options were not on the table. Like, what happened in five minutes? You know, I mean, another, another great example. Yeah, another great example. is like, when I turned 15, I had to start using glasses. And never, ever, ever was a discussion in my house that I was going to wear contact lenses. Like, that was never an option. And my mom was like, you know, it's too expensive. No, you were going to wear glasses. I'm like, okay, so I wore glasses. When my brother when my brother turned 15, he also had to wear glasses. But my mom got him contact lenses. And I'm like, okay, so why, why was that never offered to me? But it was offered to him. Like, Why? You know, things like that, that created this animosity between me and my brother. And I have a great relationship with my brother right now that I live in a completely different country than him. But I feel that it's because my mother is not in between us all the time. And, you know, therapists, psychologists, they say, you know, like when brothers and sisters are arguing, unless, you know, of course, if, not, if they are not hurting each other physically, to let those people kind of sort it out because when a parent gets in between brothers and sisters, the parent is always going to take one side of the fight and is going to take, is going to make the other person feels that they are not loved. And so, you know, not on purpose or maybe on purpose, whatever, but you know, it's, it's not good for a parent to pick side because you're creating hate in between brothers and sisters a lot of times or sisters and sisters brothers and brothers and the person comes in the middle of the argument they they don't really know the whole story you know like a story always have two sides and i feel that you know a parent is always going to pick whatever side that they agree with or you know based on the half story that they heard so that was a lot of my issues so like i feel that now that my mom is not in between me and my brother we have a way better relationship and i actually which is pretty sad, though, because I feel that, you know, as an adult, we have so many similar likes and dislikes. We we are very much, you know, I mean, we're brother and sister, so of course we're going to be very much the same oh, qualities. But, you know, I didn't know that until I became an adult and I was able to, you know, put my unresolved feelings aside because of, you know, the way that I was raised and so now I have a great relationship with him, but it sucks that it happened at such a later on in life. I wish I was my brother's friend when we were younger, because that would have been amazing. Yeah. And again, but I also feel like, yeah, like definitely the Hispanic thing with the the men and the women, my, my cousins were able to get away with murder. My cousin, my girl cousins, not at all. But I also think that it's... um an older sibling and my and like a, a small like a younger sibling like I'm the oldest 
And I feel like we're always guinea pigs. And for yes. the longest time, I always <laughs> thought my mom preferred my sister or like loved her more because she would pay so much more attention to my sister. And it wasn't until we, in my mid twenties where we were having this conversation. And like, again, my mom's now my best friend. Like we talk about everything very openly. Like, you know, she's accepted finally that I am a, a woman <laughs> and, you know, we are, you know, we're really at that point where we're best friends. Um, that was never the case me growing up. She was my mom. Um, but she, you know, we had this hard conversation. I told her, I felt, I told her how I felt. I was like, you know, I feel like you just love Priscilla so much more. And, you know, she, she smiled and she said, it's not that I love your sister more. It's that I always knew that you would be okay. And I felt like your sister needed more, you know, more of that push, you know? So sometimes having those open conversations and just asking straight up, like, what is it? Why do you like them more? Why do you prefer them more? Why do you like favor them or like do whatever they want, you know? And it's not, it's never that they love your sibling more or, you know, it's probably they felt that they needed to coddle them a little bit more, take care of them a little bit more because you were the older one that could take care of yourself, you know? And I've ever since just every time I have an insecurity about, how my mom or whatever, you know, whatever feeling, I just ask her straight up. And the answers are usually completely different than what I have in my head. That's amazing. And it's so true, like to ask straight up the question. And even if it is like, mom, why did you love my brother more than more than me? Or why did you make me think that based on your, you know, actions? And even if your mom say, well, actually, I do love him more. And you know, that might break your heart, but be prepared to maybe listen to an answer that you don't want to listen to and you know and be okay with that answer I mean it yeah. may be stuck as an answer maybe it won't be as a beautiful answer as your mom gave it to you because if you're like wow how amazing that she didn't do so much for me because she thought I was stronger than my sister like that would make me feel so empowered but maybe you know my mom answered well it's because I do actually love him more like that would crush me so maybe I won't ask the question, but I think that if I did ask, and she would never say that, even if that's what she thinks, but, you know, if she did say, because I do love him more, be okay with the answer. I mean, we are human beings and we do prefer things more than other things. It might be a person, you know, might be your son over your daughter, might be your daughter over your other daughter. Then, you know, if you're asking questions, make sure you're prepared to listen to the answer, even though it's not something that you want to listen to but be open to it. And nine and out of 10, that's not going to be the answer. I can't, yep. you know, nine out of 10, your parents are going to be like, well, yeah, no, I like, I love your brother more. No, it's probably something completely different. Or maybe they had a traumatic um, experience, you know, maybe giving birth to you. I don't know. That's triggered a different feeling for them. Like there's so many little things that we just don't know that our parents don't even know about themselves that is just, you know, coming to that with that compassion and kindness and open-mindedness, like you said, and accepting things the way they are. You know, you can't control how your parent feels. So like, of course, if they do come back and say, well, you know what? Yeah, I love your brother more. Yeah, it's going to fucking hurt. I'm assuming that's terrible, but it's not, it, you can't change that. So you have to accept it and forgive yourself and know that it's not your fault and move on from that. Exactly. And I just want to bring up some books that really helped me because I love to read. And these books are specifically about, uh, you know, how to overcome things from your childhood and ways that your parents parented you. And I feel that this book is great for a person as a child or as a parent. So the first one that I would recommend would be Running on Empty. Overcome Your Childhood Emotional Neglect by Janice Webb and Christine Musello. This book is like really, really great. And it gives you like different scenarios on different kinds of parenting and how can that affect a child emotionally later on in life. Another great book by Donna Jackson Nakazawa is Childhood Disrupted, How Your Biography Becomes Your Biology and How You Can Heal. Um, again, I definitely recommend this book. And another great book is It Did Not Start With You, How Inherited Family Trauma Shapes Who We Are and How to End That Cycle by Mark 
Walling. We're going to put all those books on the show notes. Yep. And Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, How to Heal from Distant Rejecting or Self-Involved Parents by Lindsay Gibson. And last but not least, Will I Ever Be Good Enough? Healing the Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers, which, you know, I feel that a lot of women have those issues by Carol McBride. And another book that I do recommend is um, The Five Love Languages. And that book is really great because, you know, sometimes your parents... So basically the book is about we all speak different love languages. So it might be gift uh gift given uh words of affirmation um quality time you know so like let's say your parent is speaking chinese and you're speaking russian you guys are never going to communicate so right. the way that parent love might be different than yours so your parent might be loving you this whole time but because not your love language you didn't understand that that was love and vice versa so i feel that the book is really great for you to identify your kind of way to love and maybe identifying your parents kind of way to love so you can be like oh my god my parents did love me this whole time but i just it wasn't just the way that i is not my love language so that's why i didn't feel love but that doesn't mean that he didn't love you or she didn't love you yeah that's so important to understand the other person's way of like communicating and accepting love or receiving love that's that's a that's an amazing um point of view um, for me, like I, I put it on Instagram, um, not so, like a few weeks ago, but I finished reading how to do the work from Dr. Nicole Lepera. And now my mom's also reading it because it talks about trauma, but it talks about trauma from your parents. So it helps you, um, as an adult to understand those traumas, but also it helps parents, future parents also, like I want to have kids eventually, and I can, you know, kind of incorporate this when I, I'm raising my little ones um, to understand um, what you're doing. And for my mom, that's going to be great because she's not only going to help, it's not going to only help her understand her trauma, but also the trauma that she's caused on my sister and I without knowing, you know, so that she can fix those things. So I think that also sharing those with your parents, if you can, I know some parents are a little bit more difficult to deal with. Um, but if you can, I, I highly recommend it because then we're bonding and she's like, she's calling me and telling me, oh my God, this is so good. And I didn't realize that like, I, I was doing this or that, you know, so it's great to like, not only for my healing, but for hers as well. And seeing her grow, even though she's my mom and she's so much older than me, seeing her grow throughout the years and betting, bettering herself is so rewarding for me as well. So I, if you are able to do that with your parents, I would highly recommend it. And one thing I also want to mention is like, make sure that you're always taking advice from those that love you the most with a grain of salt, because usually those are your parents, you know, and they, every time they give you advice or stop you from doing something that you truly want to do, it comes from a place of fear because they're trying to protect you. And it's very important to know that, you know, and remind yourself that only, you know, what's best for you. And I know parents love to say like, well, you know, I'm your parent, you came out of me, so I know what's best for you. And it's like, no, you don't. Like, I have my own soul. And I know what is best for me. And I know that you love me and you're trying to protect me. And I will take your advice with a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, you need to do what's right for you and the decision that's right for you, whether that hurts your parents or doesn't hurt your parents or you're going against them, because that's always going to be the right answer. Yeah. I mean, but once, you know, you show your parents that you take ownership of the consequences of your actions, then they would gonna, they're going to trust you more. You know, if your parents have to deal with the mistakes you make, if your parents have to deal with the consequences of your choices because you chose poorly, then they do have the right to, you know, tell you what to do because you're not dealing with your problems you are throwing on them. But once you take charge of your life and you actually deal with the consequences of your choices 100% and you're not like, you know, letting them picking up your slack, then you do have the, you know, option to choose freely as long as, again, you're not interfering on their lives. You know, maybe they have to pick up money from their retirement to bail you out out of a situation that you put yourself in. So like, that's not fair to them. Right. So in that, 
you know? So take charge of your life and deal with the consequences of your choices without affecting your parents. That's very important too, because yeah, we can sit here and, and talk about parents all day long when, you know, the, the, the parents are still paying for, for your bills. Like, I mean, hello, of course, yes. they're going to have choices for you, like grow up. But now once you are, a, a, you know, an adult and you're paying 100% of your bills and you're not on your parents anymore, then only then you can, you know, take charge of your life and they'll respect you more. They'll respect you and they'll stop being so opinionating and doing all those things that you find annoying because now they feel like they can trust you. And that fear kind of goes away. It's like, okay, she made this choice that I thought was going to be the worst decision of her life, but it ended up being so much better than I could ever imagine. Next time she will trust you more, or, you know, they will trust you more to make your own decisions because you are proving that you are, doing the right you're taking the right steps for your own life so it's just like taking those actions you know it's just instead of just saying it doing what you need to do and once they see that uh, your parents are your parents they're gonna love you regardless so they're you know hurting their feelings for a little bit if it's for the better the greater good it's completely worth it they're always going to come back and you know forgive you for everything you do yeah as long as you're not committing a crime exactly (laughs) don't kill people okay don't have them bail you out of jail it's just not the way to go and i want to uh end the show with this quote that i found that it's pretty amazing the way we talk to our children becomes their inner voice by peggy omara and i couldn't agree more with this like oh my god the way we talk to our children becomes their inner voice this is so true it's so true. Remember that like kids are always picking up on everything that your parents are saying, the way that they're saying it. So um, that's, a, that's a great quote to end the, the episode with. Yep. We All hope right. you guys enjoy the show. We're going to put the books and the, the book information on our page so you guys can refer to and maybe read those books or recommend it to somebody. Yeah, so we definitely enjoyed this so very much. I hope you found some medicine out of it. Again, we are um, so eager to connect with all of you. We are on Instagram at mama.relax with two X's at the end. Um, We are wishing you a great, great day and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.